Well, good morning. It's good to be before you once again. I'm so excited to be up here this morning, and the Lord confirmed it by this morning's service. And isn't it great that you can be reassured that, you do, that you're in the right place? That God can reassure you that you're on track. He did that this morning. He did that. And I pray that the message today will go out and will be a blessing. You know, it's kind of interesting when given the assignment to bring a message. What is it, Lord, would you like me to share? I have nothing to say. If I speak, it's meaningless trivia. The Lord needs to speak today. We need thee. The hymn says every hour. But we need thee every moment of every hour. We need thee. So let's turn to Colossians chapter 1. And while we're doing that, this message is so personal to me. And we're going to share about that. Colossians chapter 1. But before we get started, we need to go to the Lord in prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just come to you at this moment, at this time, that the words come out of, that come out of my mouth are your words. That are your words to build up, to edify, and to encourage all of us here today. Lord, you placed a message on my heart. And I just pray it goes out and gives glory to you. I pray that you're honored by it. And Lord, I need you. I just come to you at this time and ask your blessing upon our time together as we, we discuss your word. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen. Before we get to the text, in February I had a... Uh, what the doctors call a heart event. They use the word event, like it was a big party or something. But they used the word event, and it was no party. And, I, and you all know, I, I had a heart event. And fortunately, my heart's okay. It's been tested, and tested, and tested. And they said, your heart's okay, but you had a blocked artery. Well, I'm going to confess today. I did not do everything that the, that the doctors wanted me to do. They gave me signs. They tested me years in advance. Your triglycerides are high. You need to watch your diet. This is all they told me, though. Watch your diet. Watch your diet. Hmm. Okay. That's very vague and very general. Watch your diet. Okay, I watch it. I enjoy eating. I was an athlete when I was younger. I played football, basketball, and baseball. And even when I got older, I was, I, I was active. You know what? And I thought that that was okay. We got lessons here to learn today. I can't go through this, this situation, this event in my life, without sharing what God has done, what God has shown me, because he does that. He does that in our lives. He talks about parables. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 13, excuse me, 13, verse 3, he starts out, and then I told them many things in parables. 
Well, parables comes from a Latin word, parabola, meaning it's comparison, to compare. So he gives us these things, these events in our lives, these stories, these, these not stories, accounts of people's lives in the scriptures so we can get spiritual lessons out of them. He gives us these events, these parables that we can use in our lives as we grow. You know, I'm so encouraged. The reason I'm so encouraged, and i got to settle the, settle the excitement down, but when you're reassured that God is in control of the message, it's a blessing. This morning, what was shared in John chapter 10, verse 10, he came so we can have life abundantly. John 17, 3, and this is eternal life that they may know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. And then Greg just stole my thunder, stole the message. But that's okay, because God is in control. Not only are we going to ent gain entrance into heaven because of our salvation, we can be begin right now and today to live a blessed life, to live a life of abundance, beginning today. So in this experience, this event that I had, the doctor said, watch your diet, get some exercise. Well, I work, I work hard, you know, I'm, I'm pretty active, you know, what I thought. And I thought that was okay. But then a few months before this event, I didn't feel right. And I kept it to myself. I didn't want to upset anybody. Ooh, I didn't want to make anybody upset. So I kept it to myself. And that pride is starting to dig in. Said, you can work your way out of this. I thought I was just out of shape. So I started exercising, walking around the block a little bit more. I just didn't feel right. I would walk halfway around the block, and then all of a sudden, man, something's wrong. Something's wrong. But I still kept it to myself. I still kept it to myself. I didn't tell my wife. I didn't tell my kids. I didn't want to upset anybody. I thought, well, I'm going to fight through this. I'm going to be determined. I'm going to exercise through this, and I'm going to get myself back into shape. Man, the more I exercised, the worse I felt. And I said, well, I'm going to be determined and fight through this even more. Well, one day I pushed myself really hard. I knew something was wrong, but I pushed myself really hard. Then all of a sudden, I felt it. This was different. This was serious. This was beyond exercise. This was beyond what I could do. I felt it in my chest, and it went down my arm. I was supposed to meet Mike out in, at church here this, on, uh, on a Thursday, and we bought tickets to Macworld. We were going to go have a great day. I had my day off from work, and all the way through Crow Canyon. Yeah, I drove through Crow Canyon after having pain in my chest. Brilliant, huh? I don't advise that. But stubborn is, stubborn does. Pride is, and pride does. It prevents us from doing the things that we should be doing. 
lessons, physical lessons that we can parabola, compare into our spiritual lives. We need to pay attention to the pains that go in our lives. Pain's there for a reason. To say, hey, you got something wrong. That pain in my chest saved my life. That pain in my chest caused me to go and seek help. That pain in my chest said, okay, pride, okay, stubbornness, go away. I don't need you now. I need help. So I drove through Crow Canyon Road, and the whole trip, the longest trip through Crow Canyon Road I ever had, and we drive that road twice, two, four, six, eight, probably ten times a week. And I remember it. The Lord's saying, you got to come, you got to fess up. You got to come clean. And the things in life that we hide from, try to hide from God, sometimes we have to fess up. Sometimes we have to come clean. All right, here it goes. Kathy, she was driving another car. Kathy, I don't want you to freak out. I don't want you to get upset. I'm having chest pain. I think I need to go to the doctor. Well, thank God for my wife, because she knows more than I do. I'll tell you that right now, right before you, she knows more than I do. She said, okay, I'm going to go get your brother, sit in the car. I said, no, 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 don't make a fuss over me. Just take me into the hospital. It'll be okay. Sit down, get in the car. I'm getting your brother and Adel and Bill and whoever else is in there. I'm thinking, I don't need to be made a fuss of. I'll be all right. Just take me to the hospital. It'll be okay. That pride and that stubbornness is still hanging on. And it does that. It does that. Mike comes out. Sit down. Shut up. 911's been called. I don't need 911. Come on, they got other things to do. Well, I hear the sirens and the ambulance and the fire department, and I am humiliated. But you know what? More than humiliation, I knew what was wrong months ago. I wasn't doing what I've been told to do. I wasn't exercising like I should have. I wasn't living the life that the doctor said I should. And it came to an event that changed my life. It changed my life, the physical life and my spiritual life. It changed me. I thought I let people down. I thought I let my wife down, my kids down, my church down, and my work down. I'm going to be off work. They're going to have to replace me. Just thoughts are going racing in and out. And I was in on the hospital bed after going. And the, fire, the fireman said one thing that, that, that changed my life and just chipped that pride away and chipped that stubbornness away. He looked at me and says, it's a good thing you called. You'll be okay. If nothing's wrong, at least you know it. And at least you... you 
It's okay. We're here to check you. We're here to help you. They're here for us. And it was just like, it took myself out of the equation right then and there when he said it's okay that we're here to help you. We'll get taken to the doctor and we'll get you checked out. Well, I had the stent put in. You know, you think about a pencil, little tiny pencil, and they shove, you know, you know those uh, little springs, you know, in the pens where you go click, 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 and you, had, you take them apart during school and you played with them and there's a, that little spring? Well, that's kind of what it is. And the amazing thing about it is when I talk to the doctors, oh, everything's fine, we'll be okay, no problem. I mean, it's just like a walk in the park at, to them, and I'm freaking out. You're going to put what in where, and I'm going to be awake? <laughs> oh, brother. They insert it, and I'm awake. I'm lying down like this. They put a little local right here in my, my wrist, and they stuck this thing in my arm, and it went up into here, right into my chest, and they said, okay, we're at the location of the block, and we're going to shove this in and take care of you and then out. And I'm talking to the doctor while she's doing this. The, the arteries don't have nerve endings, so you really don't feel anything until she shoved it right where it should be. Then it's like, oh, okay, it's there. <laughs> but you know what? I had, I had brothers who'd been through that situation before come and talk to me. Here's more lessons. We don't go through things and events in our lives just for ourselves. Take that equation right out of it. We don't go through these things just for ourselves. They came in and talked to me and said, well, this is what they're going to do. After I was done, I felt great. It takes the anxiety away, knowing that someone who's been through it can come and say, it's okay, it'll be okay, it'll be better for you. Now I have to live a healthy life. Now I have to gain knowledge. You know, the thing about Colossians, let's read it real quick here. This book of Colossians, Paul writes from where? Prison. He writes this beautiful book of Colossians and this letter to this church from prison. If you were in prison, what would you be worrying about? Your mind can run wild with that. And this is a prison that had no television, that had no game room, that had no cot with a pillow and a mattress. This is dungeon-type prison. Probably slept on the floor. And that's about it. But look where Paul's heart is. I'm at a church. I want to write a letter and encourage this church. He didn't even start the church. He heard about the church. And it stirred up his heart to pray for them. And he penned these words. He goes through his typical introduction. And in verse 3, he says, We give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have for all the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of which you previously heard in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you just as in all the world, also it 
is constantly bearing fruit and increasing, even as it has been doing in you also since the day you heard of it and understood grace of God in truth. Just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow bondservant, who is a faithful servant in Christ on our behalf. And he has also informed us of your love in the Spirit. And this is the text, verse 9 through 14, which I'd like to talk to you, uh, brothers and sisters, about. In verse 9, it says, For this reason, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthen with all power according to his glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience. The King James Version here says, with joyfulness, with joyfulness. In, give, in verse 12 it says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. And verse 13 and 14 is a memory verse. For he rescued us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. There's four points I'd like to talk about. In verse 9, it talks about spiritual insight. In verse 10, a worthy walk. In verse 11, abundant power. And in verse 12, a thankful spirit. This event in my life changed my life. That pain that I had changed my life. But now what? Well, I had to go to Kaiser. They encouraged me to go and take these classes. And it was a heart class. Diet, exercise, medication. I had to take time out of my day and go to the class to gain knowledge. God wants us to gain knowledge in Him. The interesting thing about God is that we can never understand God completely. Job says it in, verse, in chapter 11, verse 7, can you discover the depths of God? Can you discover the limits of the Almighty? Of course not. Of course not. But we can pursue it. And we should pursue it. The study of the knowledge of God, there's nothing greater that can occupy the mind of a man or a woman or a child. The study of God and grabbing onto the knowledge, nothing in this world can compare to, nothing. Think about the first statement in the Word of God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the universe. The simple statement, the first sentence in the Bible, Genesis 1.1. Without that, everything else is meaningless. 
There's no words that are more important that has ever been said or written. God created the heavens and the universe. You know, it's interesting about what we can occupy our mind with. You know, we have so much in this world. You know, when I grew up, there was three channels on TV. Well, then there was channel two, the local channel. And then if you were, then if you were lucky, you had UHF. UHF, you remember those? UHF? That was channel 20, 44, and there was, I think, channel 60 occasionally, if the antennas were just right. Look what we got now. Come on. You can spend your whole life in front of that TV. It's got everything. But is it good for you? Is there anything wrong with it? Well, depending on what you're watching, are you hurting anybody? But what are you gaining? What are you gaining? Are you gaining knowledge about God? Sitting in front of the, you know, this is another great tool that we got now. We don't even need to get up and change the channel. There was a, uh, on uh, what do they call that? Uh, Modern Marvels or something. Another channel. Um, the 20, 100 greatest inventions of the 20th century. And the remote control was one of them. And they said the remote control caused to obesity, you know, because we didn't have to get up. We can just change the channel. But there's so much out there. There's TV, computers, entertainment, sports. Sorry, guys. I mean, I was an athlete. I love sports. But man, that can occupy our times. I lived, I lived next to a neighbor who was such an avid fan of a local team. He was one of those guys who had the, the uniform to go root for his team. He had everything, the hat. He was one step short of painting his face, I think. But he felt that he made an impact on a game. He literally, I tried having a, talk, a deep thought and discussion about God. But it was so ingrained in him that him being there and rooting on his team had an impact. <sighs> Sorry, guy. You really don't. You really don't. I was an athlete. I had the big crowds. You hear this, you're so focused in on what you're doing, you just hear buzz. You're so focused and driven on, on your task, you hear just rattle, nothing. The futilities of life, the futilities of life. Solomon writes about that in Ecclesiastes, vanity of vanity, all things are vanity. The cycle of life, human wisdom, pleasure and wealth and materialism, vanity. These fires, the person's home that Dean was talking about, that they saw. Home, possessions, everything they had, gone. Gone. What do they have left? What's in their heart is what you got left. There's a book by J.A. Packer. The world becomes a strange, mad, and painful place. 
And life in it is a disappointing and unpleasant business for those who do not know about God. Disregarding the study of God and you sentence yourself to stumble and blunder through life blindfolded, as it were. With no sense of direction, no understanding of what surrounds you. In this way of living, you can waste your life and lose your soul by not knowing God. Another verse that was stolen from my message was John 17, 3. And this is eternal life, that they may know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Eternal life begins the moment you accept the Lord. Remember Philippians chapter 4, verse 7? What a blessed verse. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension. All comprehension. Our understanding, our thoughts, our plans, our whys, our what-fors, God gives us peace beyond anything that we can comprehend. Wow, that's a ride that I would like to be on. But you don't know what's going to be around the corner. You're going to see, you don't know what's heading around the corner. I, I'm on the road a lot. And there's often times where you're around the corner and there's construction. Or you're around the corner and there's somebody stepping out in front of you. Or you go around the corner and who knows what's going to happen. But God can give us a peace. We don't have to be fearful in this world. We don't have to be afraid. This world is going crazy. Colorado. Those poor folks woke up that morning excited. We're going to go see this movie. They had no clue what was about to happen. Do we live afraid? No. We don't live afraid. We have the Almighty God who walks with us. It was illustrated in, our, in, the, in the movies about the three boys, nope, nope, four that were in that fire. There were four in the fire. All the real issues and questions about life are answered in the knowledge of God. You know, I take, uh, it's amazing, you know, the Internet's a great thing, and it's a bad thing. It depends on how you use it and how much you use it. I'm taking guitar lessons on it. There's all kinds of how-tos out there. And this one guitar teacher, his, his headline was Frustration to Freedom. Big letters, Frustration to Freedom. What is it that can take us from frustration about playing the guitar to freedom in playing the guitar? And he spells it out. Well, you got to know your scales. You got to know your chords. And you got to know how they interact with one another. And just so happens I have a DVD set for $200 and blah, blah, blah. He was hawking his, his product. But that, that statement there, you go from frustration to freedom by knowledge. 
I had a situation at work. I didn't quite know what to do or what to say or how to handle it. I went to my boss. I said, hey, I got this, I got this, I got this. And I'm freaking out because I didn't know how to handle it. And I went to my boss, and he says, well, this is how we need to address it. Well, now I have power. Now I have power. I have knowledge. I know how to handle the situation. God can give us that power. And he promises to do that. But in verse 10, once we have knowledge, we need to walk in a manner worthy of pleasing our Lord. We need to live our days, our journey here on earth has many stumbling blocks, has many obstacles, but we're to walk in a manner worthy to please God. He sees everything about us. We can't hide from him. We think we can, but we can't. He knows, where are you, Jim? Where are you? I know. I knew you were there. He knows where we're at. He knows why we do things. He knows the motiv motivations. He knows our thoughts. And he knows our intentions. We can't hide from him. But we can live to please him. What an amazing life. I'm going to get up. I got to go to work. But I'm going to go to work and I'm going to please him. Well, I got to go to school. Well, I'm going to go to school and I'm going to please him. Well, I have to get up and take care of the family. Well, I'm going to get up and I'm going to please him while I'm taking care of my, my family. Louis did a great thing on that. We have the opportunity each and every day to please God. In everything that we do and everything that we say, we have an opportunity in our lives to be used by him with a purpose. A purpose to glorify God. A purpose in our lives. Well, I only know a few people. Well, that's fine. Be a, a, a beautiful purpose in front of them. Know that your God is in control. Gain knowledge in him. You know, the interesting thing is once I've went through this, this uh, event, it has uplifted me. Yeah, it was tough. Yeah, it hurt. But on the back end, thank God for it. Thank God that he gave me the pain. Thank God that he just didn't say, oh, you messed up, and he threw you away. He doesn't do that. We mess up, but he's there with us. to say, that's okay, come on. Let's get going. Let's get back to it. Let's get on with, on with it. But as we grow in him and walk with him, our knowledge increases, doesn't it? We see what God can do and is willing to do in a person's life. You know, I just love Wednesday meeting. Well, who has a praise about God? Someone else will raise their hand and say, the Lord blessed me. I needed $121.27 to pay this bill. Well, and I got a check just all of a sudden where someone provided $121.27. Well, praise God. That's my God. 
That's my God who I worship blessing that person. That's awesome. That's awesome. What I'm praying for, he'll provide in, in his timing for me. The timing for that person was then and now. But if we trust God and we rely on him, he'll provide what's perfect for us. What's perfect. Verse 11. Strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for the attaining of steadfastness and patience with joyfulness. I don't know about you, but that's one of the things that God works on me daily. Patience. And we need that. We need patience. But we need to be steadfast and long-suffering and endure. Patience is, challenges us. It fires up that pride. It fires up that stubbornness. But patience is an interesting thing. Bill McDonald notes the difference between patience and long-suffering is the difference between enduring without complaint and enduring, and enduring without retaliation. Well, I'll show you. I'm not going to take that, says the employee to the boss. I don't have to put up with this. I have rights. Really. You gave up your rights the moment you said, I do to the Lord. Now it's his plan for your life. You're there to honor him. Be patient with him. The amazing thing about the Lord is that he'll bless you at the right time. The right time in your life that is perfect. But we need to wait. Sometimes we just need to wait. And then the challenge is, at the end of this verse, it says we need to do it joyfully. Whoa, that's hard. That's hard. You know, I'm in this fire. It hurts. And now I have to do it joyfully. I need power. I need to show God that I'm serious about him by walking in a manner worthy of him. And I need to gain knowledge in him. If I have knowledge in him, I can have patience joyfully. Because I'll come to an understanding that no matter what is in my life that's going on at that moment, the difficult fire that I'm in, God is there with us. If he's there with us, why do we get in the way? Why do we get in the way? I can't do anything better than God, so why should I try? God is there with us. We have such an amazing God and such an amazing you know, we're all, we all got vacations planned. And isn't it exciting? Right before you go on vacation, those days creeping up to it. You know, I got uh, 10 days of vacation. I got five days of vacation. I got three, two, one, and vacation is here. The vacation is going on. And the vacation is over. And it's back to it. Wow. But you know what? We have something waiting for us that is better than vacation. Something for us that is better than vacation that will never, well, it's over. It will never be over. It will never be over. Anticipation is such a great thing. You know, you see it in the workplace. Well, thank God, goodness it's Friday. Nope, thank God it's Friday. Thank goodness it's Friday. TGIF. I gave up on that years ago. Years ago. Monday comes around just as fast. Why bother? You know, Friday's here. Whoop, here's Monday. I mean, what's the point? 
But we have heaven awaiting for us. We have paradise with, with our Savior forever. Time's up. Just a little closing statement. As believers in Christ, we need to be filled with his knowledge, walk in a manner worthy of our Savior, strengthened by God's glorious power, and endure joyfully, and be thankful to God. Live a thankful life, who according to his great plan and the execution of that plan, has qualified us as believers in Christ to live amazing lives, even while we're here on earth. And we get to wait for the next chapter as he unveils it. When we step foot into heaven forever. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, we're very thankful that we can come here this morning. We're thankful that we can read your word. We're thankful that you're active in our lives. We're thankful for this precious, precious scripture, Lord. You encourage us that we can have great lives here on this earth. We can look forward to anticipate with great anticipation of our life in heaven. Lord, you've given us a great purpose and a great meaning in why we are here. And Lord, I just pray at this moment that if there's someone here who has not taken that first step in knowing you, that step of salvation, that step of saying, Lord, I want you in my life. Lord, may they not walk through these doors and go back out into this world without doing so first. Lord, I just thank you and praise you that we can just listen to your sweet voice. May you just touch our hearts. We thank you and we praise you in your name. Amen.